I try not to beat around the bush and it kind of is my Achilles heel sometime that I don't know how to fake it because everybody in the office knew exactly who the new person was, but I was the only person that was like, I know who you are, girl, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to We Have the Receipts. I'm Chris Burns. And I'm Lauren Speed Hamilton. And today we are living the Los Angeles real estate dream with Selling Sunset Season 6. You know them, you love them, you're ready for more beautiful houses and petty drama. And spoiler alert, as usual, for Season 6 of Selling Sunset. So we shouldn't even be having to say it at this point, but we're going to spoil the whole show. Go back, binge the whole thing. It's 11 episodes. You can knock it out in a day and a half if you call into your work. (laughs) That's right. And make sure to stick around for our interview with badass Aquarius, Chelsea Lescani. We'll get the tea on her feud with this season's newest members of the Oppenheim Group. It's going to be amazing. But before we get into it, Lauren, what is new with you this week? Has anything been going on? I know you've been a busy person. Yes, well, this week we finally announced uh, the new show I'm going to be on while I've been out and about. Uh, The Goat, which is fun. I got to hang out with a whole crazy house full of reality stars. So I can't say too much, but I'm excited when I can say more about it. I'm excited. I know. I didn't think that you'd be able to share so soon. I was actually shocked that they announced it so soon. I was like, damn, we just finished filming last week. (laughs) <laughs> I, I saw a Crazy. picture like for the goat announcement and I was like, oh, this kind of sounds like what Lauren was doing. And then yeah. I like looked at the picture. I was like, oh, this is what Lauren was doing. So I, soon. So um, soon. The world moves fast these days, I guess. I tell you, especially with reality TV, apparently. But what about you? What's well, new? Not much. I've been traveling. My birthday was last week or the week ah. before. And I went to Denver with some friends. I saw you were hanging on the Red Rocks. The Red Rock, which we got, we went for a concert, which to be honest, I didn't even know who we were there for. It was like a (laughs) DJ. My friend bought the tickets. I was just going with the flow, but it did start hailing dramatically. And they like pulled the DJ off the stage and then were like, find shelter (laughs) and everything at Red Rock. The air is thin. It's 5,000 steps. I basically spent my birthday working out with intermittent music like for 30 seconds and then be like all right i gotta pee again and it's a 40 minute walk up to the so to be honest i wasn't that upset when we got hailed out but damn well it sounds unforgettable yeah it was certainly unforgettable (laughs) you know i had otis upstate at my parents for a couple weeks oh so he's back i love otis by the way i saw your cute video of him like putting his little paw on your knee i was like Oh my God, he does that all the time. He's like a little beggar, but he turns one actually in two days. No way. I know. It seems like just yesterday he was a little baby. Oh my God. Happy birthday, Otis. Well, also time flying by. I can't believe we're on Selling Sunset season six. Wow. Because it seems like just yesterday. It also, I accidentally started playing like... Uh, season one, episode one. Me too. These women look so different. (laughs) (laughs) They do. And you know, I'm kind of like, to be honest, you know, once we started this podcast is when I kind of became into the, you know, Selling Sunset franchise. So for me, especially seeing episode one, I was like, wait, who was that? (laughs) Because I don't recognize. They look different. 
which I guess we'll get into this in the season, but mm-hmm. I'll, I'll hold it because I have a lot to say. So <laughs> if you guys don't watch Telling Sunset, it's about the Oppenheim group, which is like an elite group of agents that sell real estate in LA. I, I'm never sure who actually is the top real estate agent in LA because I feel like there's several shows where they're all like, we're the top sellers <laughs> in the 90210. And I mean, that's even just on Netflix, like buying Beverly yeah. Hills also. Exactly. <laughs> like, like every show. So I guess, I mean, they do sell amazing houses, which is mm-hmm. always fun to see. And this season, especially, there was some increased drama. Like top tier. And houses. Mm-hmm. The houses, would you ever spend $25 million on a house? Even if you had so it what? to spend. You know, I'm, I, although I am a queen, you know, I don't feel like I need that big of a palace. You know, yeah. it's like, why do I need 15 bedrooms? For what? For I'm also what? like, if I had $25 million to spend on a house, mm-hmm. I don't think I would want to do it. Like, I'm like, in LA, that's what? Like a 10,000 square foot house. But you could build Versailles in, in another area of California <laughs> yeah. or anywhere. And the taxes, the one house that Emma is like, oh, we fell through on escrow because it's $200,000 a year in fire insurance. I say hail to the no. That's... I didn't even think about that. Is that a, like a thing you have to have separately? Probably in LA because of all the like forest yeah. fires. But I guess like they said on the show, a lot of people look at it as like investments. I mean, if you're spending $25 million on a house, it's probably for some reason other than to live in it. Yeah, true. But still. But also I'm like, who's renting out houses for 50 grand a month? Yeah, who is renting these houses? That's what I want to know. For 50 grand a month, you're just throwing... I, like, can have a hard time justifying my rent yeah. in New York where I'm, like, I feel like I'm just throwing it into a pit with a <laughs> that's on fire every month. I just shovel in more cash okay. into the fire. So, I don't know. I, I don't think I could do that. But no. more power Definitely to them. <laughs> but it must be nice for the girls being able to, like, be a part of that lifestyle and getting those huge commissions and, like, going into these houses, knowing these billionaires. So And, well, we'll get into it because the one new agent mm-hmm. really seems to know her way around Hollywood. Mm. And mm-hmm. so if you guys aren't caught up, Christine Quinn is out, okay? The medicine woman. Got it? Wasn't it Dr. Quinn, medicine woman? Am I making that up? I see what you did there. (laughs) Um, Is out. Chriselle and Jason are no longer in love. They've Mm -hmm. broken up. He doesn't want kids. Heather is married and pregnant, which Mm -hmm. Heather, I feel like watching this, maybe it's because we've seen it play out on Instagram too. I'm like, Heather has been pregnant for four years. It seems like it, doesn't it? When she like sits down forever. in like episode 10 and is like, I'm officially halfway. I was like, halfway? <laughs> it's like, we've been watching you be pregnant for two years. It's Feels like, like when Khloe Kardashian was pregnant. I was like, this woman is lying. She's been pregnant for longer than, um, what is it? Elephants that are pregnant for two years. I'm like, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, Chelsea, who was new last season, is kind of HBIC this season mm-hmm. of the Oppenheim group. Um, I guess let's start with Chriselle because she's, yeah. you know, the star. She seemed like a different person this season. Yeah, she is. She's she's definitely glowing and all about her love life. Okay, her and G G Flip, G Flip, who is Australian, a TikTok DJ, mm-hmm. non-binary, 
listen, I'm happy for Chriselle. She's found love again. We have seen this is her third serious relationship we've seen on the show. Yeah. She was married when the show started. I'm happy for them. I just feel a little bit like maybe they're flying too close to the sun. Do you know mm, what I mean? When yeah. it's like, if it's burning too hot, it makes me nervous things will burn out. But we'll see. Yeah. I See, I feel like they still seem kind of new. Although I don't really know what the timeline is because... Yeah, Lord, that's fair seen. too. It's all over the place. And I understand it's a reality show. So she's sharing her life. But it's just like, girl, some, just it's a lot. Like you said, it's a lot up front and then she's yeah. like the studio scene with her baby you're so cute hi hi hey baby you want to show me your lip no yes you have to it's a little embarrassing are they gonna be mad if we they don't give a shit it's on the snare we've gone through this yes, before yes. okay okay is that right Baby, yes, it's right. It was cute, but it was like, okay, well. And, yeah. uh, and the, even the people in the studio are like, yeah, okay, do whatever you want. <laughs> right, I was, I was thinking like, that. She's like, can I play the like, drums? Is- can I play the drums? And G-Flip is like, yeah, do do it. You should. Meanwhile, the engineers are like rolling their eyes. Like, They're like, we want to go home. fuck? <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> um, I think uh, Emma is a really good friend to Chriselle. Emma, mm-hmm. I'm like, Emma, are you in love with this woman? You know, because <laughs> we didn't hear anything else about Emma besides how much she loves Chriselle. How much she loves Chriselle and made several jokes about vaginas throughout the series. She did, didn't she? <laughs> <laughs> she did. Oh my goodness. You're in like this fun little G-bubble, yes. G-spot, G-bubble, whatever. A lot of G's going on. Oh my God. Okay, now. Um, yeah, we don't know anything about Emma's uh, love life, her empanadas. She didn't talk about none of that. No, very briefly, she brought up the em- empanadas like towards the end as a slight because she was like, yeah. she's faker than the meat in my empanadas. <laughs> <laughs> she had to slip it in her somehow, I guess. Which I listen, all of these people are really nice. We've met they them are. all. So yes. we're going to talk shit because it's what we do. Yeah, but this is, this is our job. They're but nice they're people all, they're all at cool. heart. Uh, <laughs> I do think Chriselle was like, I'm coming in here. And giving zero fucks. She definitely did. Because her fight with, what's her name? Nicole. So Nicole, who comes in, she's like, I've worked at the Oppenheim Group longer than anybody else. Which was eight years, which doesn't seem that long. Yeah, so it's like she was around throughout all the seasons. But I guess Jason was probably like, no, we don't need you for the show. (laughs) It's like, what happened there? Or production was like... yeah. Mm, No, we don't. Or maybe she didn't want to be. But for whatever reason, this season... She came in hot. She came in like somebody that's been wanting to be on the show since it began. I'll say yes. that. I feel like she wrote some stuff down. Like she had a little notebook in her pocket. Like, and another thing, Chriselle. 100%. Eight years ago, you ate my muffin that was in the refrigerator. <laughs> yeah. And I October didn't like that, 1st, bitch. 2014, <laughs> my mom made me delicious chocolate chip muffins. And you sunk your teeth into it and said, not for me, and threw it in the garbage. Like the... Oh. The list of grievances. Yeah. And I feel like they were all like, these are from three years ago. What are they you upset were. about? Like, why are you saying this now? And I feel like that's what Chriselle wanted to say was, you're only doing this because of the fucking cameras. So shut the fuck up and sit mm-hmm. down. And she basically said all of that except for, <laughs> you're yes. only doing this for cameras. Instead, she just called her a crack, what'd she call her? A crackpot? Crack fiend? She said you... Crackish. 
Well, first she said you're on drugs. So I'm not <laughs> like they were arguing. She's like, you're on drugs anyway. So who cares? It's it's funny, but it's not funny. But it's just the way that Chriselle did it. Because everybody took it so seriously. Like, you can't be out here calling people crackheads, which, okay, you shouldn't. I guess yeah. it's not nice, but um, it's not. But also, if someone called me a crackhead, I would be like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, I'd be like, "What?" I just, I would just laugh because, like, excuse me. She was just like, "Your arms are flailing all around. You're on <laughs> drugs. You're a crackhead." Like, I'm like, number one, yes, yeah, she's not on crack, but yeah, were they doing drugs at Mary's Bachelorette? Like, where Chriselle is like, we also listen. <laughs> yes, I. There's not a part of me that does Mary's not like, believe How did that. I get in it? <laughs> Also, who fucking cares? It's a bachelorette party. Right. Like, it's not like she's giving ki- drugs to kids. If she's doing shrooms at a bachelorette party, who hasn't? Yes. That's what I have to say. <laughs> the whole thing, I was like, all of them, they're like, I've never done drugs. I've never touched drugs in my life. Drugs? In uh-huh. Los Angeles? <laughs> never. Like, at a party? No. It's absolutely insane to me that they even gave that life i feel like that's unspoken code like what happens at the bachelorette party it's supposed to stay at the damn bachelorette party don't bring that to the show yes and Mary 100%. Was like, wait oh wait a minute hold on yeah mary's don't. like number one Chriselle, we were all on crack at that party <laughs> 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 right. uh, all of them and then the drug uh, test that was oh wow like girl yeah she she was ready to get her lawyer involved I, when somebody brings up their lawyer in an argument with a friend like that, I I, I have to write them off. I'm like, yeah. I, I can't with... Y'all, y'all really weren't friends. The litigiousness mm-hmm. of some people. That's why she was saying she did the drug test because of legal reasons. But I'm like, what? What, what legal reasons? The producer asked her to. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Um <sighs> This is also where, speaking of, so Chriselle and G-Flip have, I think, like a 12-year age gap. I think it was, like 28 and 40. I think so, yeah. And then Jason and his new girlfriend, who's 24, Jason's like midlife crisising hard. <laughs> yes. When he said he was a millennial, no, sir. Did I missed that. <laughs> he was like, I'm technically a millennial. I, I was mm. born technically, it's from 1970. Three to I don't think that's nineteen ninety three or whatever, <laughs> and it was like at dinner with Chelsea and her husband and him and his girlfriend. Oh wow! And Chelsea's husband was like, "No, you're Gen X, <laughs> right? Exactly." <laughs> He's and like, and that's Jason, why we like you so much. Yeah, he like what's going on? I know that he took the breakup with Chrishell hard, clearly because when we saw her walk into the office, he was just like googly eyed again, like, "Oh, I know, mm, and um. I don't know. He's kept talking about him taking his 24-year-old girlfriend to Mykonos. We went to Mykonos. We had these in Mykonos. Which, I'm like, we've all heard of Mykonos. I know. It's like, okay, Jason. Like, I'm like, why is that he was acting like Mykonos was the most sought-after, (laughs) impossible-to-get-to destination in the world. You can get there on cruise ships. (laughs) And the uh, the Aperol Spritz. I really got into Aperol Spritz when I was in Mykonos. (laughs) Mykonos, Mykonos. And Mykonos. Well, in Europe. We're going to go to Europe. I want to hear about Europe. Berlin. London and... Mykonos. Really original, Jason. Like, I really got into Aperol Spritz when I was in high school, okay? (laughs) 
it, not it, in it, that lips. was crazy to me. And then when he meets Chris Shell, I guess to have a conversation and he orders mm-hmm. her an Aperol Spritz. Oh yeah. She was like, I don't like this, but okay. I don't know. Good for them, I guess. Yeah. And then what did you think about him taking his month break and not wanting to be contacted? Meanwhile, he left Mary with all this stuff to deal with. Mary had about eight mental breakdowns. Bless her heart. I mean, Mary has the weight of the world on her shoulders Gosh. at all times, it I know. seems. I feel like I've had bosses that are like him, kind of, mm-hmm. who are like, why? Like, what do you mean? Why would you want to get paid extra? I know. And she's like, I do all this out of the kindness of my heart for loyalty to the... See, I was with Mary up until she said that close to the last episode. I was like, wait, huh? you're not getting yeah, paid Yeah, when they're all like, wait, Mary? you didn't get a raise? <laughs> Right, like, what are you doing, sis? She's like, no, he said it's like as friends. As friends? And your husband's watching his dogs? Girl, no. Like, that was... And then he comes back and screams at them. He literally leaves her in charge of his business, Mm -hmm. leaves her husband in charge of renovating these obscenely expensive apartments, or condos, if you will, and watching his dogs, and then comes back and yells at them. For not getting enough work done while he was gone. Talk about taking taking advantage of a friendship. Wait, also, the fact that he was dating Nicole and said that he's only been in love with three women, or four women, oh. and they were Mary, Chriselle, Nicole, and his current girlfriend. And they all work at <laughs> the Upper Time group. Like... What is going on? Do we not have an HR department? I thought about... Didn't somebody ask that on the show? And they were like... They "Um, must not. I mean, there's no way. (laughs) Because how is he dating everybody? And isn't Brett ever like, hey, you need to stop dating everyone? And they also have like, what, a hundred and something agents and he only dates the ones that have been on the show? (laughs) Yeah. Something's... Something smells interesting. (laughs) But yeah, I really just wanted to give Mary a hug. Like, just like, oh man. She's I know. All bad. Even the way that this season ended, kind of with Chriselle being like, yes, you're right. I don't care about the Oppenheim group at all. Yeah. And she's <laughs> like, what do you mean? You have to post the house. Chriselle was like, no. I, she's I like, you not. know, I was on Dancing with the Stars like two years ago, right? Like, this means nothing to me. And mm-hmm. which is true. I feel like Chriselle probably makes way more money off yeah. of her. Instagram alone than she does just selling houses. Mm -hmm. So don't hate the player, hate the game. So much to the point that uh, Chriselle was like, I don't even know if I want to stay here. I think I'm going to go with G Flip and go on tour for two months. For two months. Forget (laughs) y'all. Which I bet she does. And then I bet the next season starts right when she gets back. Absolutely. Agreed. Before we get into other real storylines, can we talk about how Davina was only in episode one and episode 11? I have been waiting to talk to you about <laughs> this. I was watching like, oh, Davina's not in this one. Nope. Oh, no, Davina. You would see her kind of off and on in the background, like drinking champagne. But it. But they're like, well, she's at Burning Man. I'm like, how long is Burning Man? <laughs> yeah, she's been there for the month. I remember she- looking at her Insta during Burning Man and being like, that's... Interesting. <laughs> yes, that's a. So there was a lot of like dancing choice. in the desert content. <laughs> there was. Davina was absent. Pretty Whatever. much. From I this. wonder if they were like, we can put you in a couple episodes, but that's really all we got. And she was like, all I right, mean, well. Did she even speak? I'm, I'm not even trying to be funny, but. Very little, just yeah. like when they're in the office, I think. And you know what? 
that's one of the things about reality TV because Davina may have like filmed some interviews. She probably did all of that. And she's going to watch this season and be like, wait a minute. I'm not in none of this. I was only in Burning Man for two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. Because I expected Uh, them to not have Heather in it a lot because she was pregnant. But honey, Heather was the bone collector. I think just for happiness and like breath of fresh air, we go into the office now and there's not this like... Tension. Tension. I feel like we should have almost like a nickname for her. Like she who must not be named. Voldemort. (laughs) So I feel like that could be Christine's nickname. I'm going to call her Christine. You guys can call her Voldemort. Okay, she was was going around... Spreading all the sober as a fucking clam, spreading <laughs> every rumor she possibly could, and then being like, "I'm not the type of girl <laughs> that that just stirs drama for the sake of stirring drama. I'm not that girl." And she said that I think every episode, which mm-hmm. she also has done in past episodes. But listen, someone has to do it. Yeah, somebody has to keep the the information moving in the group, which is kind of like at the end. Which we're going to talk to Chelsea, too. Uh, but, you know, at the end when uh, Chelsea said, I can't be arguing with a pregnant girl at this party, even though I feel like <laughs> she's wrong. Like, this isn't fair. That is so funny. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Also, yeah. Heather has, like, another show on HGTV or something. Mm-hmm. So she's a very busy pregnant she woman. She is. Brie. Let's get into Brie. The, yes. the new girl. So she's a new girl. She's one of Nick Cannon's baby mothers. They have a very interesting relationship. Mm-hmm. Chelsea is not here for her. Chelsea's not, which I love Chelsea, but I did feel I'm like, why? I thought that considering how things were, because, you know, everybody has their opinions about Nick Cannon and his women's. Um, but considering how Chelsea was really kind of aggressive about it, especially in a work environment, I thought that Brie, for the most part, she handled it. She didn't, like, take her earrings off. She wasn't ready to fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did think, because at one point, Brie is like, I'm not giving it, like, the time of day anymore. I'll just look at her with a blank face and not engage. hmm Although, it is crazy. I think that a lot of people will watch this show just to be nosy to learn more about her and Nick Cannon's women, yeah. as I like to call them. But it's crazy that she heard about him having another kid while she was filming this show and she had no idea. It also, I'm like, I do think she does not know what's going on as much as she says she does. Absolutely. Like, even if you had two weeks, you couldn't spend a day with each baby, basically. Like, who has that Uh, much time? (laughs) It's, I can't believe that hasn't been a show yet. The Mothers as, like, a show. Maybe we need to pitch that. I, I like, come on. And then, of course, <laughs> Mariah Carey would never do it, but oh, she no. would be the one that they're always like referencing without saying exactly. her name. Exactly. Her. <laughs> <laughs> the original. Right. Um, it's also crazy that if you have more than 10 kids, you don't have to pay child support anymore. I had no idea that that was true. That's crazy. I don't see that how that's crazy. So I guess the court system there. is just like, eh, well. You know, it's only so much money to go around. What? Like, we're too busy with all the other claims. We can't. Yeah, I thought that was something. Yeah, I think she really held her own. I was surprised by how many really wealthy clients that she actually had. I kind of assumed she was all talk, but it did seem like 
they liked her as much as when she was with Sweetie. And I was like, this girl is not your friend. You're just saying this. But it seemed like she actually was. <laughs> right. Because right. she agree. was like, well, you come and make pizza and pasta every Sunday and whatever. Like, I was like, are they really friends? Wow. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah, I did. I, I really seemed to grow to like her. I feel like she mm-hmm. held her own and mm-hmm. really stayed true to her. Who she is. Yeah, herself. I feel like when the show first starts, it's kind of like, whoa. Because she, she's like, she came in kind of hot. Like, I'm not yes. taking shit from anybody and da 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 And then, you know, as the season progressed towards the end, I was like, okay, she's she seems like she's just about her business and you know she's trying to focus on her real estate so yeah totally that. and then Amanda I f- Amanda had a lot going on it felt like mm-hmm. she wasn't really as present this season as yeah. past seasons she like loses a family member she has health mm-hmm. stuff going on which I'm mm-hmm. hoping we get the results and stuff from in the next season because yeah. it did kind of feel like it just she's like I'm off. waiting to find out about the biopsy but we never really go back to it. Yeah, I have to say, I don't think I'm a fan of that type of teasing on reality TV. Like, do I have a terminal illness illness or not? We'll tune in next season to find out. (sighs) Like, I don't really care for that. But, um, you know, it's a TV show. But I I do pray for her and wish her well. I hope that she's doing okay. Totally. And I mean, I know the way they film this is they do two seasons at a time back to back. Mm. So... It maybe is in the editing too that they mm-hmm. like decide what's going to be in which season, but it does make it hard to even like discuss the season when they film it like that because they can't really. I mean, Chelsea had as much to say as she possibly could. Mm-hmm. You have to say, selling Sunset and the editing and how they tease. Because if you think about the whole season, a lot happened, but they still left so much on the table. That yeah. makes you be like, okay, I have to watch next season. So they do a great job of that. Totally. I think we should get into our interview because I don't want to repeat too much. What do you think? Yes. Let's do Guys, it. Guys, we had a great interview with Chelsea Lozcani. So please welcome Chelsea. Uh, okay, so Chelsea, you wore the new girl last season. This season, I feel like you came in with a lot more head bitch in charge energy. How did it feel coming in as like a professional? Honestly, I felt like I found myself this season. I felt like I kind of came into my element more. Last season was amazing, but I was definitely... Um, closely associated to another cast member where I feel like people didn't really get to know me. I wasn't able to stand on my own two feet per se. And this season I was like, you know, I did feel have moments where I felt like a lone wolf, so to speak, but I was able to really like come into the essence of Chelsea and people were able to get to know me um, for who I am. Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like you came in looking fly at every event (laughs) and Took the house down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, guys. Killed it. I mean, every outfit, hair, every single coordinated with the. Thank you. I guys. literally was watching like the Met Gala um, coverage, and I was like, I need to see Chelsea at the Met Gala because not like yes. the Met Gala was underwhelming. I felt to say the least, and I was like, I need. I know that these girls will come. 
presented. Thank you. I take honestly a big part of my self expression is my is the way I dress and the way I put together my looks. I do it solely by myself. I take a lot of pride in it, and oh. I do think that a lot of the things I talk about and a lot of the way I come across is part of the way I dress too. I definitely dress for my personality. So the fact that you can see that is is like kind of special to me. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so last season, as Chris mentioned, you were kind of coming in as the new girl. But this season, it is two other women that are considered the new girls, if you will. Yeah. Um, although Brie is kind of new, but, you know, Nicole has kind of been around for a while. So yeah. talk to me about what it was like kind of having new blood, new energy on this season. Honestly, I really like it. I really like um, the switch up of dynamic. I really like having new people in the office. I just, I kind of like getting out of comfortability and getting out of like rhythm and, re- and, and like regimen. And like, I like new energies in spaces because it kind of pushes you to new limits and it kind of gives you an opportunity to really just like show more of your character because we do get comfortable in the office right we get to know everybody and every day is kind of the same and you think mm. you start to form like close friendship with some people and not so close friendships with other people but when new people are brought into the office certain things about you is tested and certain things about other people is tested and everybody as a result of it gets to know each other a little bit better versus when we're so used to like the same thing every single day. So it was refreshing and I'm always like open and welcome to the idea of like new people coming into the O group. Yeah, I agree. I feel like it keeps it like very fresh. Mm -hmm. But speaking of tested, uh, it did seem that when Brie walked in, it kind of felt like both of you, like I was like, had they met already? Like it kind of seemed like you were sizing her up, she was sizing you up. What what did you feel the first impression was? So my first impression, I'm trying to remember what was that on screen. She like came into the office. Okay, so my first impression is obviously I don't like to be full, so I don't like to be fake. And I did know of her, um, just not personally, but knew of her mm-hmm. through like her, her background. The press when she walked into the office. So I didn't want to be like, and I know most people did. I didn't want to be like, I had no idea who she was and be like, hi, you know, nice to meet you, blah, 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 blah. I was kind of like, yeah, I already know about you, babes. Like this, that's, that's the vibe. And that was kind of what I guess set the tone for the rest of our relationship versus what maybe in hindsight I could have done what would, would, what would have been like, pretend I didn't know her or know anything about her, you know? So I think from the onset, you kind of see my personality. Like I kind of lead with like transparency and I'm very much like to the point, I try not to beat around the bush and it kind of is my Achilles heel sometime that I don't know how to fake it because everybody in the office knew exactly who the new person was, but I was the only person that was like, I know who you are, girl. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, I mean, you asked the questions that Everybody wants the answers, too, I feel Mm -hmm. like. (laughs) Very much. Very very much so. Yes. Now, we all know that Bree shared certain things about herself, including her relationship. We're going to get to that. But one of the things that she didn't share was kind of like her client list. She was very secretive about that. 
even though she was coming into the old group, she did not want to share. Uh, is that usually typical at the office? Do you guys usually keep that like close to the chest? Is it kind of like, no, we're all here to work together type of thing? So did she come in with that energy and it kind of just turned everybody off? Or is that kind of usual um, in the real estate game? I think that to each his own. And I think fundamentally we have like a fiduciary responsibility to our clients first and foremost. So if you are working with a high profile client who prefer to remain under the radar, I do respect anyone that like, you know, respects their client because that's how we Mm -hmm. essentially get paid. So it's not uncommon. We do have a very sharing culture um, at the O Group. Everybody kind of like overshares. So for the most part, we hadn't really experienced anybody that was very secretive about their clients, you know, because it is a collaborative office. So for the most part, when you do have a client and you tell someone who it is, you, you, the other person will be like, oh my gosh, I may have this house or know of this pocket listing or know of something off market that would be perfect for this client if we knew who the client was. So I think there is no like right or wrong. You just have to remain like honest and loyal to your clients first and foremost. Like even at the end of the season, I mean, like we had, we saw her with Sweetie doing the tour. And then when she goes back to the office, she still wouldn't say. And I was like, oh, she really is like a secret keeper. Well, I think I'm not raised in LA. And I think one thing Brie, I guess, kind of taught me um, throughout the season is that when you're raised and born in LA, maybe this is just her experience and can't speak for everybody. But Mm. there are certain instances you've been in or you're or the culture here has raised you so much that you kind of feel as though you can't overshare because you never know when it may work to your disadvantage. And I think that's heavily embedded into the person she is. So fundamentally, I think no matter where she is, because of the culture that um, is so deeply ingrained into who she is, she feels as though let me not overshare because it may end up messing with my bag or messing with my Mm. business. That's fair. Well, while we're on the subject of Brie, Heather and her seem to hit it off and Heather kind of had her back more than yours. You guys discussed it at the penthouse party. It felt like it was kind of building up throughout the season. Yeah. Looking back, do you still feel like Heather was kind of siding with Brie or I'm a Taurus, I'm very loyal. So I felt like the loyalty was lacking, obviously. You know, in hindsight, during the season, I definitely felt that way and it did make me sad. I think more than anything, it made me kind of like question our relationship, whether we had a relationship. And it made me like sad because I thought that I was closer with Heather than we were in actuality. And I think that when you're filming a show like this or when you do are a part of an organization like the Oppenheim Group, you start to build rapport with people Um, who maybe outside of work you're not super close with. So I started to build rapport with so many people and she was one of them. And we bonded over like motherhood and our husbands. And we actually had some like girl time off camera that I kind of was like, oh my gosh, like Heather's my girl. I really, really like her. And so one thing I didn't realize was... um, Brie, when Brie came on, they started to form like a true, like organic friendship from what I saw on the show. So I was almost like blindsided, not because of her, but because of the lack of information, the asymmetrical information that I had Mm. to feel like, wait, girl, wait, we're girls too. But then, you know, looking back on everything, I feel as though if I'm 
friends with somebody and I'm friends with another person who may be newer, I guess I'm very big on like values. If her value system told her that no matter who you are, don't judge them, I would still be friends with them, then you know what? That's perfectly fine. And that is like, that is a hill that you should absolutely die on because I am very value driven too. So I think for Heather, she felt as though, hey, this is my girl. You're my girl, but I don't actually like the things you're saying about my girl and I don't agree with them. So I'm just going to call out what's right and what's wrong. And I think that's kind of was her attitude throughout the season. While filming, I definitely didn't see it like that. Mm hmm. Now, we saw how you feel about, you know, Brie and her relationship. You also opened up about why you do feel like how you do in your past mm -hmm. and kind of opening up that vulnerability. Mm -hmm. So since this has happened, I mean, are you and Brie cool? Do you guys kind of choose to be, you know, where you are on her side, your side? Or has anything come from that? Do you still feel the same way about her and, and her relationship? So I can't tease season seven. You guys are going to have to see mm. whether we're cool or not. You guys are going to have to see everything play out because it definitely plays out and it's definitely worth watching. But I will say that um, there's a mountain <laughs> and there's a mountain <laughs> that needs to be overcome and you're going to find mm -hmm. out whether we overcome it or not. Okay, I had to ask. I know, I can't wait to say <laughs> Uh, well, speaking of mountains to overcome, let's talk a little bit about the drama between Chriselle and Nicole, oh, gosh, which yeah. was a lot. What was your impression of everything going on? Did you know that there was like this kind of resentment they both had for each other before she came on the show? Or was that surprising? Um, I was completely surprised, honestly. Um <laughs> when the first drama kind of ensued which was at my broker's open I was yeah. very much taken aback because I had never seen both sides I had never seen that side to either of them quite honestly I had never seen any type of animosity or any type of like 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 wedge between them and I had been in both of their presence many times prior to filming this season. So I was definitely very shocked. Yeah, I mean, Chriselle, I feel like, I was like, did we miss something? Like when Chriselle was like, no, you are a bitch. Like I was like, this is like going off the rails really quick. Mm -hmm. um, when Chriselle said that Nicole was acting cracked out, first off, do you think she was acting cracked out? Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> To be That's honest yes. with you, um, <laughs> that statement in itself is extremely far-fetched and it's extremely disparaging, right? So, Well, that's also on, like, mushrooms are not... It's, someone on mushrooms does not act the same as someone cracked out. <laughs> Correct. Like, that's very different. <laughs> um, Without sounding, like, privileged, I have been fortunate enough to have not been surrounded by, like, any types of drugs my entire life. So... If I'm ever in an argument with someone, it probably wouldn't be something I throw out just because I haven't mm. actually been around it, you know, to know. I may be like, you're acting crazy. You know what I mean? That's more so my term. And I think um, in Chriselle's defense, I don't, I, I can't speak for how she's feeling at all, quite honestly. I don't like to do that. But I do think that certain terms we use are just how do I say it? Certain terms we use are basically just terms we use and we're used to using. You know what I mean? Mm. So like 
I use certain terms that are very common of what, like my, the area I grew up in or being from London, there are certain terms that are just very like prominent in the UK that are used to kind of like throw a shot at somebody. I've heard people be like, oh my God, you're a crackhead or whatever. But I don't think it's a term that I was familiar using growing up or like ever, quite honestly. But I've heard it being used like on TV or like, like just randomly at places sometimes. So I don't think that she maybe, I don't know. 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 I don't want to speculate. I don't know. But when I heard it, I, my immediate reaction in that moment wasn't, oh my gosh, she thinks she's a crackhead. It's, oh my gosh, that was like a low blow. Like that, yeah. that was deep. I don't mean to laugh, but this is so... I was sipping on my, whatever I had. I don't know if it was tequila or wine. Like, I don't know what I was I sipping on, but I was like, oh my God, what? I was like, I don't know y'all yeah. like this. Oh, no. <laughs> like, what the hell? Oh, yeah, it's, you know, it's, Anyway, moving on. Moving on <laughs> it that, was a lot. That situation. Let's move on to Mary because we've seen her throughout the season a few times, like really overwhelmed. And you've even noted, like, is Mary, like, can she even handle being like head in charge? Because she's, you know, it's been times where we saw her break down crying a few times. Yeah, um, she seemed just like so stressed. Like, it just seemed like yes. she was spread like so thin. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. Honestly, guys, it's a very, very hard task, not only being manager, but um, also yeah. having a successful real estate career and then kind of like having to navigate the drama that is not real estate related between a bunch of really strong, independent, value-driven, successful women. So she mm-hmm. was met with some really, really like, hard decisions and I think being that she's such a like a lovely like caring person she didn't want to offend anybody you know I think leadership is a role that we can't take lightly leadership requires um skills that I do think are really innate in most people and it requires you to kind of take a step back and think about the organization as a whole versus think about your personal relationships and I think her biggest mountain was the fact that she's very close with everybody and she didn't want to offend everybody versus it being like, I am the manager. I need to think about the organization as a whole and how this can affect our bottom line and how I can lead without affecting my personal relationships. It's a very, very tricky position to be in. It's even trickier when you have a long tenured history with most of the people at the office, right? Some of their relationships span 10 plus years. And to be like Mm. just as close with like being the go-between between Jason and Brett and the rest of the office and she's close to both ends of the spectrum yeah that's gotta the, be a the lot. position would definitely be better suited towards somebody that doesn't have l- like long relationships with anybody do you feel like you would be a better manager in chelsea <sighs> i mean yes i do number one <laughs> <laughs> to say it to say it very quickly yes i do but i also think okay. that i have been given um a massive, a massive advantage that Mary wasn't afforded. 
I'm a newer person in the office. My relationships are very much developing. So I'm very much unbiased, you know. I'm very much mm-hmm. like, take it or leave it. This is where I stand and this is what I think is going to be th- for the betterment of the company. And that's because I don't have this history with everybody else. So it's not because I have a certain skill set that would allow me to do that. I kind of don't have any like ties, you know. So I'm able to mm. kind of just be very like non-judgmental when making decisions. Yeah, yeah. totally. Uh, okay, we have to talk about what the fuck happened when that fly flew into your mouth. Oh my <laughs> Jesus. Oh my God. Because I was, was horrified. I, w- I was like, that is the worst possible thing that could ever happen to anybody Oh, Ever. I know. So first of all, let me set the scene, right? This is the most beautiful house in the <laughs> desert, but there are flies everywhere. Like, honestly, there are flies everywhere. And I know I have a big mouth and I don't just mean like, literally, like my <laughs> mouth is big. Like, <laughs> I, I ha- ha- how do I even say it? I, when I talk, I open my whole mouth. Like I'm not like a silent speaker, as you guys can see. I talk really loudly. I'm like 10 octaves above the average person. And I don't realize it. Sometimes I'm like to myself, should I just tell production, like when they edit this, just to turn me down, like just a little bit, because I'm not doing it on purpose and I'm not, but I'm also a very passionate person. My parents are African, so uh, they always spoke louder. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I'm like, of course it would fly into my bloody mouth out of everybody's. The only person that speaks the loudest and probably has the biggest mouth. This is just brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> well, you handled it very well. Um, so obviously we've already said your fashion is iconic. Um, did you have a favorite outfit that you wore? Oh, what was your favorite outfit? Oh my God, all of them. The swimsuit that you wore. I liked the orange number you wore in Palm Springs. That was like, yes. It was like, I I don't even know how to explain it because it was like a dress, but it had like strings going everywhere. Okay. That was cute. So a little secret is that I actually teamed up with a lot of up and coming independent designers this season. Mm. So Ah, my first season round, I definitely went very like, um, a very, I went, I went with loads of brands people are familiar with, but they're very like price wise unattainable, you know, they're just very expensive. Mm -hmm. And, um, I wanted to show people that you can work with up and coming independent designers and still look give the same aesthetic, still give the same vibe. Mm-hmm. You can go with stuff that's more affordable. And I also wanted to put a lot of these independent designers um, kind of like on the map, I guess. I, I don't yeah. want to say I did that because that's that's definitely what they're doing, not mine. But I wanted to give mm-hmm. them the opportunity to show their beautiful designs with so many viewers like we have. The mermaid dress was amazing. Oh, that too. was amazing. Oh, yeah. I love that. that. was really beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. All of them. You know, everything. There was nothing bad. It gets better yeah. in season I mean, seven. It gets a lot better in season <laughs> oh, seven. Oh, we yeah. can't wait. We can't wait. So, I mean, besides you, I already feel like I know how you're going to answer this. Mm-hmm. If you have anybody, do you feel like anybody else on the cast is like best dressed? You love their fashion besides yourself? Um, Honestly, I really like Brie's style. I love her style. Mm. I love um, I love the masculinity of some of the things that she wears. I love the fact that I'm very mm-hmm. sexy and feminine. I feel like she's mm-hmm. very sexy but masculine in her aesthetics. And she wears a lot of monochrome, which I think it's just a vibe. 
it's like everybody goes through mm-hmm. their fashion stages and everybody's fashion evolves and stuff like that. And I would love to start wearing some more monochrome, like monochrome looks and like killing it because I love yeah. the bright colors, but I want to step out of my comfort zone. And that to me would be wearing like more masculine, edgy outfits, less, um, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, yeah. So I, I, despite everything, I really liked her style. I love Emma's style. I think me and Emma, we kind of gravitate towards some of the same clothes. We actually have so many of the same outfits. So, um, every, oh, I also like Mary's style. I think everybody kills it. But Mary looked great has, this season. Yeah, she did. Everybody, everybody has a stylist but me. So, <laughs> oh, look at her. No, yeah, I felt like the last episode, especially like when Mary's hair, she had like the bangs that were, she had like cr- blonde curtain bangs. I was like, okay, she looks like mm-hmm. younger oh, yeah, every Mary. every season. It was a vibe. With the dark lip and the yeah. um, velvet dress she had on. Yeah, I love that red velvet dress. If we're saying the best dresser, who's the worst? Who's the worst? Oh, that's a really tough question. Everybody dresses so well. Oh, the worst dresser. And these are with stylists. So you know these people on days where they don't have a stylist, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Well, the worst dresser <laughs> um, on days... that I mean, I don't have a stylist. So if you don't see me filming, I'm in a sweatsuit 24-7. So I'll take it. The worst dresser <laughs> is me when I'm not filming. It is me because I will go out. She's like, when I'm in bed, I'm the worst dresser. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's me. That would be I. <laughs> what a beautiful political answer. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Did you not see the hot water? I'm already in, guys. Come on. Speaking <laughs> of hot water, have y'all filmed a reunion yet? No, I don't know if we're going to. I mean, if, if... I guess if season seven's coming, like, because I know yeah. you already filmed, we see like the previews for season seven. So yeah, I feel like that would be maybe they'll just give us a big one at the end of season. Yeah, seven. I'll be coming with security. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait for season seven. I'll be coming with security. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Chelsea, as always, it's lovely to speak to you. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. You are so welcome. Thank you for speaking to me. We love you, Chelsea. I love you guys yes. too. I'm so excited. This is gonna be a wa- this is gonna be a wild ride, but you know what? It's time yes. to buckle up. Let's do it. I mean. I love her as always. Who doesn't? But what are your guys' thoughts on this season? What drama do you think is awaiting us for season seven, for the reunion? DM me at Fat Carrie Bradshaw. Or me at Need for L Speed. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to We Have the Receipts wherever you're listening from right now. Today's episode of We Have the Receipts is a production of Netflix and Spoke Media, where your hosts, Chris Burns and Lawrence B. Hamilton. Our producer is Kelly Colf, and our executive producers are Carson McCain, Aliyah Tavakolian, Keith Reynolds, and Brigham Mosley. Our engineer is Evan Arnett. And a huge thank you to our guest this week, Chelsea Lescani. Bye. Bye.